Hi, and welcome to And Introducing, a podcast about words, about music. I'm Chris Wade. And I'm Molly O'Brien. And Introducing, it's a special double feature. First, it's the candy-coated multimedia marketing powerhouse dominating the small screen and tween hearts everywhere. It's Jojo Siwa. Then we're going to take a deeper look at one of the most memed tunes of the 21st century, the true oral history of Smash Mouth's All-Stars. Now, what links these two things? Well, both of these stories come from Rolling Stone articles written by our guest, joining the two-timers club, returning champion, Brittany Spanos. Hashtag Brittany Spanos. Hashtag Welcome Brittany Spanos. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh. These uh, two articles uh, came out both within like the same month, right? Yeah, I reported them at the exact same time. Yes. <laughs> like I was in LA for the JoJo story, doing phone interviews for the Smash Mouth story, and that was the first week reporting for both of them. Uh, you know what? What is <laughs> that's insane. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, fully insane. reporting on what is new and will someday be old, and what is old and is now new again. Yeah, you know? it was a, a deeply manic two months of reporting both of them. Oh. Well, <laughs> let's take nice. these uh, these two one at a time, though. I'm sure we will find uh, links between uh, Smash Mouth and JoJo. <laughs> sure, uh, we're all about intertextuality on yeah. this yes, podcast. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, she is an all star in her own way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, usually we go, we do and say, well, what's your experience with Jojo Siwa before this? But other than knowing that it was a name of a thing, uh, you know, maybe before, uh, uh, before I thought it maybe had something to do with Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, which is another people ta- talk about online that I don't understand what it is. That's uh, different? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool, 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 I mean, did, at any point, did you pitch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for the name of this I article? did, actually, oh and then God. I looked up what it was. <laughs> I was like, what? I think it's just like a thing. And then I was like, oh, it's like an anime that people love. I'm sure uh. a mutual friend of all of ours and the show, Eric, Eric Thurm, was constantly G-chatting you being like, call it, call it JoJo's he Bizarre. He said that multiple times yes, over the process. Uh, I, I guess that. <laughs> Brittany, what is a JoJo Siwa? JoJo Siwa is a now 16-year-old pop mega star, just mm. super wealthy. Um, basically she was on dance moms or like Abby Miller's dance ultimate dance competition. First, she kind of had that minor reality show fame kind of pivoted to becoming a YouTuber as people do yeah. start mm-hmm. becoming really big there. Someone said you can turn your love for bows that you wear for your dance competitions into merch worked out really nicely, even though pe- like kids probably didn't know who she was before then they love bows She's now a multimillionaire, and then she became a pop star. The, the rare instance of step one, bows, step two, yada, 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 step three, three profit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Working. A merch first yeah. queen. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we stand. Molly, I'll toss back to you to continue this because I know you did outlines. I just really wanted to say the phrase, what is what a What is JoJo? a JoJo Siwa? <laughs> yes. um, I mean, I don't, I didn't, I like Post Malone before, like the name JoJo Siwa, like I sort of seeing it in like corners of the internet or like maybe a thumbnail of a YouTube video I was recommended mm-hmm. when I was watching something else, maybe more age appropriate, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. um, but then I think it was, I'm trying to remember the first time she was like an actual being. And it honestly, it might've been when I saw that she was playing Forest Hills stadium this <laughs> yes. summer in New York. And I was kind of like, you know, usually that's like the national yes. or um, like Tom Petty, like a couple months before he died. Like, yeah. Yeah. what? Like, what is this person? And yeah, then, Paul then McCartney I like, playing with the Queen <laughs> Symphony Orchestra. Sure, or something. sure. Or like, yeah, d- uh, what you call it? Uh, talking Heads 
boy. Oh, David Byrne yeah. doing his thing. Yeah. So like she's so, a bit of an anomaly for yeah, Forest Yeah, so Hills. if you don't live in New York every year, Forest Hills Amphitheater puts out its big like all season lineup and it's like 20 different people mm-hmm. and it's all things like that. You usually look at it and you're like, oh yeah, because it's, it's, it's usually Forest Hills is targeted at, I, I would say a slightly older, older. like more austere concert crowd so you look at it and you're mostly like I know these things because they're the stuff that like <laughs> somewhere between my dad and like the saddest roommate in my college dorm listened to <laughs> uh, and then you're staring at it and one of the things is Jojo Siwa and you're like what is what is that yeah because it's, it's funny that she also played Beacon Theater when she was here a <laughs> another month classic ago. oh my god <laughs> the site of mini Steely Dan concerts yes. right. <laughs> That's so. I I wonder if they're just like we need to get in. Like the parents will know about this venue and be like comfortable sending their kids there because yeah. yeah. this is. I, I think it should be clear. Like this is a sixteen-year-old girl now, sixteen-year-old girl in the public eye since the age of what, what, like ten or something. Yeah, I think she was about like nine or ten when she was yeah. on TLC's reality shows. Yeah, but she's basically she's not making music or content or merch necessarily for 16-year-olds so much as like 0 to 5-year-olds. The audience is super super young and yeah. that was really shocking, but also I mean, given a lot of her aesthetic, it's super colorful, it's glittery, it's a lot of unicorns and like rainbows and just like dream and you'll believe it, blah 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 or like believe it and you'll dream whatever. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. like she her audience is literally under the age of 7. Yeah. Like they are sp- they are babies yeah. who just like love wearing bows. Yeah. Once, <laughs> once I understood that, I was like, okay, this is great because I just I was like, who is a JoJo Siwa for? And the answer is babies. Like she probably has more in common with like Steve from Blues Clues yes. if he yeah. was better at like social media <laughs> yes. and was like a vlogger than you know a, yeah. like Billie Eilish, who's her contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, but is it completely on the other end of the dial? I mean, in yeah, every she other is. Possible way. She is a Generation Z artist pitched, as you say in the article, pitched post. Generation Z. So mm-hmm. we're, we're now talking two generations down. I don't even yeah. know what you call that. Yes, they ran out of letters. <laughs> Zero. They're going to have to go yeah, down to, to go back up and do like alpha or something. Yeah. <laughs> Triple, double A. I yeah, don't yeah. know. Um, so this, I mean, this, your article was a delight. We begin in our favorite place, uh, which is in media res with Jojo covered in, um, cake ingredients. Yes. <laughs> yeah. She was filming. So when I was there, she was filming her birthday special. Yeah. Um, so it was like two parts and the first part was at her house, which is covered in her face. Um, a lot of people, their first, a lot of people, their first encounter with Jojo was the video that she had done with Kim Kardashian Northwest. Okay. And nor- she was babysitting Northwest and, I mean, heavy air quotations around that. Babysitting. Sure, sure. (laughs) She was having a brand engagement session with Northwest. (laughs) (laughs) And her house is just like covered in her face and like her merch and her like outfits are in glass cases. Like it's really crazy. And so she was filming with Miranda Sings, this other very famous YouTuber. The one with the red lipstick. With the, yeah, the crazy red lipstick. They're really close friends. I don't get it. Miranda Sings is also like in her 30s. She just had a baby. (laughs) She's like, she just had a, maybe, so maybe that's the kind of, maybe she's just trying to build those connections for her future child of being like, no, I'm, I'm in with Jojo Siwa. Yeah. Um, They were just like throwing cake ingredients on each other. And I was like, cool <laughs> we are here is it uh <laughs> is their house like is there a permanent youtube like studio in their house is there like rigging set up for cameras and stuff all around like everything is the studio pretty much yeah, like it's like there's imagine. basically the entire house is built to be kind of already a, a studio for her videos and everything because it's like her room is supposed to be this background for her to like show that she's like a teen and like here's like me showing off my target collection that I wear every day mm-hmm. and like yeah. here's me showing off like my new Claire's 
you know, yeah. asbestos makeup and like, here's like <laughs> we'll me like that. doing this and like inviting my friends over like a lot, a big, she does not, she's not so much the type of vlogger who like is staring in a camera and like talking about her day, but she's like doing things. Like mm-hmm. she's like mm-hmm. inviting people over. She's like baking stuff. Like she's like doing activities. She's like doing choreography. Like she's like a very active. And I think that's a big appeal for five-year-olds. It's like, here's someone who's like running around and screaming a lot and like, isn't just sitting there and being like, so here's what I did. Story like, time. Let me show you how I put on my makeup. Like she's like let running. Me, let me talk about all the fake bitches yeah. in my life. Here's my apology <laughs> to Charles. <laughs> right. right. yeah. You guys have all been here with me on my journey. And I just want to say I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, we might get an, an epic uh, JoJo Siwa I mean, apology video at some point. It, but she, she did even, do an apology video oh, she already for the did, asbestos. Course, yeah. Oh, yes. And even that was kind of like she's like a joke before it. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of. Poorly received. I, I forgot that that she did apologize for her makeup, which was uh, had asbestos in yeah. it. Um, which uh, it's I not saw really someone, her fault, but you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, she wasn't like in the factory, like testing it herself. <laughs> the big sack of a be- asbestos, like <laughs> stirring <laughs> it into the thing. I love <laughs> it. So yeah, just some some details of like how popular she is. She has nine had at the time of writing nine point seven million YouTube subscribers. Um, her fans are called C one eight ors with a Z. She has sold forty million hair bows, mm-hmm. which uh, are come in seven thousand different Look, styles. The record yeah. industry may be dying, but the hair bow industry is it's swooping thriving. right in to take its place. Everyone has hair, so <laughs> like that's I mean that's yes. useful. And she has her own, among many other merch deals, she has her own line of slime. Yeah. Which I love. It's an amazing consistency through merch stuff that uh, like Nickelodeon has basically been able to sell slime as merch consistently for getting on 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. She she like does like a lot. A lot of her videos are her making slime. She I, loves to make slime. I, I saw this as like a YouTube, a kid's YouTube trend. Yeah. Right. Recently, it's like in the last year or two, just the concept of slime has been one of the biggest things yeah. on YouTube. I know it's, I, I love a good slime Instagram video though. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it seems like cross generational in that it's like yeah. the making of it is like a craft for, for babies. And then also watching it is like a calming no, influence it hits yeah. all, stressed adults. Yeah. It hits all the YouTube quadrants. It's, it's oddly satisfying. It's ASMR, it's mm. crafts, it's kid based. It's like a four quadrant hit yeah. on, uh, on YouTube slime. Yeah. Buy stock and slime if you got it. I just I had Nickelodeon Gak when I was a child. Yeah. I also had Zand, the stuff oh, that was yes. like Gak but Sand. Yes. Yes. And Flume. Oh, so many great slimes. <laughs> See, I wonder, did, did parents think that that was like nuts at the time or were they kind of like, no, this is like a tactile. It's, yeah. It wasn't content creation. Like it was just. Yeah. Or silly yeah. putty. Again, slime is, is like uh, almost a century long tradition of being a kid's yeah. toy. It's like do something with your hands that doesn't yeah. make a mess of the house. But don't yeah. get it in the carpet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. God forbid. I thought this detail about the the sort of creation of the JoJo we know as just being like, as we have talked about a lot in different books about musicians, is like a preternaturally uh, entertainment-driven child. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was one and a half, she uh, did a movement that her mother called the hottie dance, <laughs> which she would do while her mom sprinkled glitter on her. Yeah, And yeah. sometimes her mom would wake <laughs> her up in the middle of the night to have her do the hottie dance for guests. 
This was a, a, red, a red flag for me early in this article, but it, I guess <laughs> it doesn't really pay off because her mom and her seem like they have a pretty good relationship through, throughout. Yeah, they kind of remind me of like all of the like theater mom-daughter pairs that I knew in high school and mm-hmm. like kind of like very like, like just pageanty. Like I just watched Drop Dead Gorgeous. Like they like are very much just like that mom-daughter sort of like they both kind of, they both want to win. They both have like a similar yeah. thing that they want out of this situation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. They, they have the same goals. And was it, she it, at all the interviews, her mom? Was she present when no, you talked to No, she wasn't present when I talked to JoJo. Interesting. Um, like, See, me and JoJo spoke separately. Like, there was, like, one, like, a couple of, like, the shorter ones that I had done. Like, she was around, but it was, she was, like, not insisting to yeah, be yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And, like, I spoke with the mom separately, too, from JoJo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like a very mutual thing, especially because the mom seems to be there. As, as driven as JoJo wants to be, the mom is always there to step it up. And as driven as the mom wants to be, yeah. jo- JoJo seems to always want to step it up. So, so I don't know. That's about the best you can say for a relationship like that. Yeah, it's sure. like very, it's very theater parent. Like it, yeah. it genuinely does remind me of like all of the really intense like theater kid mom like relationships that I yeah. witness where it's like, I don't want to be a part of that. But like, yeah. I, I understand that you guys have your own <laughs> intense dynamic and like yeah. Yeah. similar, very intense goals. Yeah. <laughs> um, the I hadn't. I hadn't watched any dance moms, nor had I watched uh, Abby's ultimate dance competition, but I was aware of what it was yeah. because I was definitely on, wait, is it, was it Lifetime? It was Lifetime. TLC. Yeah. I, yeah. Or was I, on Lifetime? Was it, was it? it was Lifetime, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was on Lifetime I watching other things. So, you know, you'd see like the well, promos. I, I think the distinction is that TLC is like pageant moms. Yeah. And dance mm. moms, I feel like the dance, the, the dance pageant division is is subtle but very important yeah. because at least with the dance thing you're like learning a skill or something and like engaged yeah. artistically and not i mean i'm sure the pageant people will say that pageanting is a skill as well <laughs> but it's just like a little creepier yeah. yeah yeah the dance moms show is interesting because it has produced one like star besides mm-hmm. jojo which is of course i can't remember her name Maddie now but Ziegler. Yeah. yeah she was in um the Sia videos. Like almost all of Sia's videos now. Like she, they just continue to work together. She is, is crazy. Sia's avatar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a mini, a mini Sia. Sia puts on the giant wig and a, uh, a heads up VR display uh, appears. And then yeah. she uh, just navigates uh, Maddie Ziegler's body. It's cyber, and, yeah. cyber linked. It's <laughs> yeah. like detective Pink- Pikachu or something. Yes. She's like inhabited her body. Oh uh, yeah. Or may- maybe more like a, a Gundam and in, in it's uh, inhabitant. Yeah. I, I don't know what that is, but it's I a giant say. robot that you, get inside oh is it like um An in Evangelion? the spider spider verse into the spider yeah it's kind of like the into the spider verse <laughs> penny parker and and uh and spider yeah <laughs> great great there, there are look there are a lot out. of representations of people being inside giant robots yes, in pop yes. culture. that's true um so yeah so she was on she was on the sort of like precursor the sort of competition show that might get you on dance moms she yeah. came in fifth but she still was asked on because she was such good tv mm-hmm. um I I watched the clips that were it, embedded in the article and like it makes me feel so secondhand like uh, cringy because it's it seems yeah. to be making these relationships explicit of like you know it's total reality television in terms of amplifying all the conflict but mm-hmm. I was just like oh my god like the way they're talking about their daughters like <laughs> she is the best dancer and so she will be getting a solo yeah. why wouldn't she get a solo <laughs> Wild, wild shit. Yeah, because I mean, especially Dance Moms is obviously with the title, like much more based on the moms. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's already interesting that like the way that they got into the show and then it's just like JoJo is already such a big personality on a show that was supposed to be centered on the moms and like their kind of like inter drama, whatever was happening between them and Abby Miller. And like, obviously JoJo was 
already a bigger part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it seems like Jojo basically hit at the perfect time in terms of like going from a sort of individual personality to being commodified and Mm -hmm. turned into a brand. Um, the quote from the president of consumer products at Nickelodeon, who said all of a sudden the latest research that came into our room said that next to parents, the most important and influential people in kids' lives were influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was basically, it almost sounds like she's like a test model. That's like a, maybe a weird thing to say, but like. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Like there's not really been a lot of people like that where they're like a teenager who is meant to specifically target very, very young children. Like I think like a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, the Biebers of the world and like One Direction, Jonas Brothers, Miley, like they're like, they were meant to get kids who are the same age as them. Right. But like Jojo knows she's a children's entertainer and like Nickelodeon is marketing her for a much younger audience than even they have ever really marketed before. I mean, one of my favorite things about both the reality around this and also how you wrote this is like every quote from a business person being in this extremely enthusiastic marketees lingo. Yeah. Where like every quote is is like JoJo's an amazing market impact resource, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wait, what, what? Will you read the your your favorite sentence? Oh, that the you one sent that me? the one that I sent you. Yeah, uh, Kaufman. This is a, a Nickelodeon rep says. It's been a new way of working with a Nickelodeon star, but the network has also never had a live person achieve this level of consumer product mm-hmm. success. <laughs> so she's also like basically competing with cartoon characters. Yes. She's literally in competition with SpongeBob. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like. It's her and SpongeBob. Yes, she's a live person of making that distinction of being like God, of being like my God. These are these are cartoon numbers we're getting from her. Because <laughs> yeah, like Nickelodeon. I mean, you think of child like network child stars, and they really all come from Disney. Like a mm-hmm. lot of the Nickelodeon stars, like Ariana Grande. Yeah, she came through Nickelodeon, but her fame really came from her leaving Nickelodeon. Like once mm-hmm. she yes. had, she started her music career. That's where it kind of took off. And like you look at you know. Miranda Cosgrove, like she was a personality, but she wasn't really like a big Nickelodeon sort of product what, in a way. What was iCarly? Was that a Nickelodeon show? Yeah, iCarly, like Miranda Cosgrove and iCarly. Yeah. iCarly and, like, they didn't I sell is so interesting to me because it does seem like so kind of weirdly ahead of its time. Yeah. That was like a late aught show before the idea of an influencer yeah. was like really a thing. <laughs> but that's what that show was about. The, Although I'm sure that in the kit concept of it as her being a blogger was more just like her having like an online diary. Yeah. But like you tweak that show it was a great one show. degree and she's like the, first the actual Jojo Siwa who's yeah. like person on TV who has a blog who is like this multi-phase marketing person. Yeah, it's a funny show. Must say. Hi, <laughs> Carly. I've never seen Flat. it. I, it was a, a little behind me, but... <laughs> I don't know. I probably would enjoy it. Yeah. The, the other portion of this is like once they, once she, and she didn't have an exclusive deal with Nickelodeon. Like she basically had some like individual deals, but she was also doing some stuff with the Disney mm-hmm. channel. She hadn't really like tied herself down. Ex- but excellent she, strategic free agency early yeah. in the career, you know? And she's her biggest ha- single came out before she signed to Nickelodeon too. Like she oh. independently released Boomerang, which is the one that has like half a bill, like half a, <laughs> or 500 million views oh my god yeah can you, can yeah, you pull I'm, that up i'm pulling up boomerang right Let's now let's get here, some here jojo go. in our yes. in our lives i'm come back like a boomerang the shy girl is she playing all these parts <laughs> and that's her mom in the car with yeah, her yeah i believe her mom plays like most of the adult parts in this yeah was, yeah cool one of the things that uh molly and i were commenting on this uh, not as much dancing as you would expect in this video yeah. for somebody who's theoretically like main skill is dancing. 
It's funny because like I that's the first comment I got from all my friends who I forced to watch the videos while I was recording this out. <laughs> Is that they like knew like some of my friends knew her from Dance Moms like they watched Dance Moms when it was on and they were like I remember her and they're like why isn't she dancing anymore like she was good on the show yeah <laughs> but she Which, doesn't really dance she doesn't dance a lot I think in her live show I'm excited to see the Forest Hill show because I like want to see if she does a lot of choreography yeah but. Yeah, that's also in a way of like not siloing herself as any one particular thing like she's not a dancer anymore yeah. she's a personality mm-hmm. I mean. This is. This could be worse. Yeah, this, this is like pretty worse. like yeah. normal kid core pop. I mean, she's very young, so yeah. that's what it's like aimed at. Uh, it's like mean, positive, mean, positive stuff, anti-bullying. Like, yeah. yeah, mean girls wear black and red. Mm-hmm. Cool girls wear pastels, or, yeah. or nice girls wear pastels. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure sure we'll get to this, but I one of the things I think is just like so interesting about this whole story is that this is a podcast about words about music. Yes. But the music career aspect of this is like very much it's it's just the the most obvious way for the m- marketing to flow. Yeah. You know? Mm. Cuz she she's not a musician. She dances. Mm-hmm. She's not musically inclined. She's a personality. Yeah. And it's just like all these things kind of coalescing and it's like, "Oh, well, this person should I guess be a pop star and pop mm-hmm. stars make and release music." Music, yeah. So that it's just interesting that that it's like she's more of just like a, a marketing force, and that becoming a pop star, that's just like a musician, how... is just like the logical next point yeah. to this, as opposed to you know the more traditional like Disney stars are all like kind of groomed to like have their young TV shows, but mm-hmm. directly groomed to be pop stars directly, and were yeah. usually hired because they could, could sing. sing. Yeah, because uh, she doesn't have a network show like her. Her cartoon show with her dog, jo- the JoJo and Bobo show show, is <laughs> a YouTube show. Like it's like on it's on. She has like three YouTube channels, and so it's just like fascinating because it's like she's technically aligned with this network that's known for having hit TV shows for right. you know kids between you know the age that she's going for and her age. But like she's, they were just like, actually, let's let's work on this music career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, it's just a. a- a fascinating like little moment uh, of the, the music industry's just a lot like <laughs> alignment with just brand extensions yeah. right now. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Well, th- I think of um, bad baby, another contemporary of uh, Jojo Siwa in once again, <laughs> very, not on her, very, barely on her same planet. Very <laughs> uncharitably told Jojo that she could suck bad baby's dick. <laughs> that's true. That's right. And Justin uh, which, Bieber uh, also thought that she should like burn, burn her car. Her car. Yeah. Which I think I'm assuming was JoJo branded or just yeah. Rainbow. Or... He talks about her a lot. That's kind of weird. I know. <laughs> Jason seems like he's in a really bad place. Yeah, now. he like yeah. compared uh, like like Haley Bieber was like wearing it's like weird color. Haley Bieber was wearing right. um her like but like a bow one day, and then like Justin was like, "You look like JoJo Siwa," like on his like on like Instagram Live or something. Like he was like commenting about. She it. Sounds like she's living in his head rent yeah. free a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's the scared. Kids he's worried. Are coming up from <laughs> he's behind. Got yeah, right, right. But um, the bad baby is another person who basically started as a viral meme and was kind of like, okay, well, I have all this attention. It wasn't like, oh, I've dreamed about being a rapper since I was a child. It was yeah. like, well, I might as well do this thing that seems to make the most sense based yeah. on what I got famous for. Like, mm-hmm. I might as well be a rapper. And in a different world, she could have been like, I don't know what 
talk show host or something sure. or mm-hmm. you know someone who she gives might still vulgar be. ted yeah. talks she so. might still be apparently yeah. her snapchat show I oh think yeah is good <laughs> okay. i haven't watched it but like <laughs> i don't know what's going on in snapchat, snapchat, oh snapchat totally. apparently a lot of original content that they've been doing that people enjoy wow oh, yeah i think like I miles was- tanzer was tweeting about how like all the snapchat originals are like fairly good that's crazy uh, yeah i thought snapchat was dead well, it's, lu- it's lunch eaten by instagram and now tiktok yeah. i think it's it's persevering in in some ways yeah you gotta you gotta send your nudes somewhere that they can disappear <laughs> um so yeah she she's like a, a sort of multi-platform but not committed to one particular platform or another mm-hmm star um she's very interested in her business like she wants to know which that that is such a curious characteristic of people like young famous people now is they seem much more interested as a whole in like consumer theory and psychology and like marketing and like Mm -hmm. it's just so much more the brand and the 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 marketing is what they do as well as she insists content. on being present at every business meeting mm-hmm. and to her mom's credit, her mom will not take business meetings unless Jojo yeah. is allowed to be in, in her presence. Yeah. I went into the article being, I mean, fairly suspicious of her mom and like of her intentions, but it's just like, it was really fascinating to me that her mom is just like very much. She wants Jojo to know what's going on with her money and with like the way the business works and like encouraging her to yeah. take personal finance classes. Like I, I was like, okay, this seems like, you know, like again, intense dance yeah. people, but like, you know, you have, you have some like sort of like ethics behind this and like what you want your daughter to do and know. Yeah. I think there's such a prevailing narrative of like exploitation with young stars, yeah. like with momagers. Cause she's also not her manager, which right. is very smart that they have someone else doing that. Yeah. She's more like yeah. her, her like creative and business partner. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I what, why can't sixteen-year-old girls be ambitious in business? Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's totally a thing that yeah. can and should happen. <laughs> yes, um, and that it doesn't have to all seem like a like weird Svengali thing. Yeah, yeah. She's um, a uh, shockingly positive role model. Yeah, yeah. In like all all forms of just being like <laughs> dedicated to doing things well, and then also like mastering her like business. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we watch a? Jojo vlog vlog or yes. YouTube video. All right. This is going to be my first time watching a, a, a like what her personality is like. I watched some of the videos. I watched some of her performing, but but let's see how this how this is. YouTube channel, you guys. Today I am here at Target. I'm about to go see if they have my brand new collection, JoJo's Closet 2.0. Last year, There's JoJo's some Closet 1.0. Honestly, pretty good camera work going on in this. Uh, like, oh yeah, the the, the zooms, the canted angles are really well timed. Like they have whoever's operating the camera on this thing has a very natural relationship with JoJo. Yeah. So today, it almost seems like when like a boxer is about to start fighting and like you see them like getting like psyched up. JoJo merch that I can find. Challenge. So she's gonna run. Here's the things I'm yeah. that Target will have. They will have my collection. They will have my toys. They will have my book. They will have my suitcase. They will have my underwear. They will have my pajamas. They will have my bows. They will have purses and stuff. They will have backpacks and stuff. They will have bedding and stuff. I gotta get a lot of things. Are these new pajamas? <laughs> these are new. That's cute. I wanna get this. Here we go. It's two JoJo Murray's. I gotta get this too, for sure. <laughs> we got this, and they have it in my size. Goal achieved right here. Check it out. We got the flip sequins. How cute that is. Got a little funky frog's jersey from High Top. I mean, I get it. 
Those are cool. Those jerseys are, are cool. For <laughs> the thing that the thing the thing that I was saying was not cute. Was just like the, the very standard like could have been Justin Bieber merch in like uh, uh sure. 2006. Like just yeah. huge her face emblazoned over over a t shirt. Yeah, you gotta appease it's, the, the yeah, normies. It's so fascinating because it's just like such a new way of selling your own products. Yeah. She like lives and breathes literally everything she sells. Like yeah. she's like all the outfits that she sells through target are things that she like actively wears on stage. Like she'll wear them on stage first and then she'll sell them. Like she's like in her, her room is like covered in merch. Like her home is covered in merch. Like it's like everything that she's selling is there yeah. and surrounds her. And it's in all of her videos, she does like these like, like reverse haul videos where she's like going to stores and just like buying everything. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just, it's yeah. It's like I mean, so fascinating. It is insane that yeah. she lives inside an ad for herself. Yeah. Cause it's like, you think like the Kardashians and Jenner is like, they're selling makeup, but it's like, I don't think they're wearing that. Makeup. Yeah. They're probably yeah not probably. Much <laughs> makeup. Like no one believes that they're wearing that. Ma- like yeah. no one yeah. believes that Kylie Jenner is actually wearing doing that. the Kylie lip or whatever. Yeah, wearing yeah. Kylie lip or skincare. Actively using that terrible scrub. Like it's like, yeah, <laughs> she's no. not doing that. But like Jojo, like if she were to sell skincare, I'd be like, she's probably like using it. She'll probably do a full video where you're like, Watching for twenty minutes, and, and if she's you, washing her face. And then, if you went to her bathroom in her house and opened the medicine cabinet, it'd be, be it. full yeah. of JoJo yeah. merch. That seems to me like a good way to break your brain, especially as such a young person. But I, I don't know. I mean, she seems like she has it, and from everything in your article, it seems like she and her mom are like working well together to like yeah. manage this influx of 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 you know wealth and popularity and stuff but i i don't know i can't help but thinking like again living inside an advert conducting your entire life inside an advertisement for yourself at that young of an age must not be good in some way yeah i mean i think you know i'm worried about the tour like i think she's she's on her very first tour at 71 dates like it's really intense that's really intense um it's like that's just like such a like a heavy load for someone who is 16 and touring for the first time performing for the first time that much Mm -hmm. um and i think that you know she has her aspirations are much more musically inclined which surprised me like i was you know, she's like become really obsessed with Queen and with Freddie Mercury. <laughs> yes, and after seeing Bohemian Rhapsody, Bo Rap is Bo what Rap. she calls it. Uh, she the most insa- <laughs> honestly the most insane thing that I saw in this article is that she saw that movie nine times because that movie is she a loves dog. It. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess so if, bad. I guess if you're 15 years old, it's it's probably. Honestly, I would have at fifteen. I think I would have yeah. like yeah, loved it. And it's like if you didn't know Queen songs before, like I think it might have been yeah. like one of her first exposures to Queen and to listening to Freddie. Like beyond yeah. like hearing, we will rock you somewhere. I mean, right. as I've said many times on the show, I was obsessed with Queen when I was thirteen. So yeah. I get it. I, I very much get it. And that's like I think that talking with her about that really won me over because she spoke about it in the way that I remember like speaking about music when I was like a teen for the first time. Like she was like mm-hmm. listing off like all these Freddie Mercury facts. And she was just like, told me his entire life story. And I was like, Oh, you like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you read. <laughs> Jojo, do dip into greatest hits volume two though. Cause that's yeah. where all the real bangers go. Hammer yeah. the fall. Those, those types of songs. Come on, <laughs> get a, get a little past uh, the We will rock you stuff. Uh, I, I want to see, uh, I want to see the Jojo see what cover of I'm going slightly mad. <laughs> 
Next tour. Yeah, next tour. <laughs> she, um, I, I like that she also has an opinion that I definitely think I would have had and did have at 15 or 16, which yeah. is like current music isn't real music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like music from like the 70s, 80s, 90s, like that was like real music. When they actually they had, played instruments. Yeah. When they played instruments. <laughs> when like, they didn't use technology. Yeah, yeah. Right. They didn't use any technology. They yeah, I didn't li- know what sense <laughs> Yeah, you, you listen to a Fleetwood Mac album, you listen to Steely Dan album, no technology. Yeah. None. Just Zero. Guitars. It was recorded in a room yeah. with a cassette. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A single microphone. All that. One take. Yes. Done. Yeah. But that, you know, that it sounds like she's trying to have some burgeoning level of like taste and aesthetic and be, you know, beyond yeah. the aesthetic yeah. that she's certainly already developed visually. I she mean, like really wants to be respected. Like she wants to be like she wants to be Freddie Mercury. She wants people to like look at her as like, like, yeah, like she's doing really outrageous stage stuff, but she like wants people to listen to her music and be like, this is good. Yeah. I go into every single one of these article, an article about like a viral U- or YouTuber like this, imagining that I'm going to come out hating them. Mm-hmm. But I came out of this being like, you know what? Keep going. Look, I, <laughs> yeah. I think that you got something in you and that yeah. all this stuff about like, again, as you, as you said about like getting hyper obsessed with queen or whatever is like a little like, or the, the uh, back when music was real attitude is a little like yeah. cliche teen stuff. But like, if you're in the position to like really pursue that and be like, Hey, maybe my first album's going to be pop, but once, you know, like electronic pop or whatever, but like, you know, I've got the power, I've got the, the, kind of the to resources, do yeah. got the resources and like, I'm going to do all live instruments, second album, like really yeah. work hard and like care about composing and orchestra. Like, shit go for it jojo impress me that you're i'm i'm open for it she's playing piano on tour yeah which she's she's, doing, she's, she said she sleeps with her her keyboard yeah <laughs> a, a small keyboard yeah i like i think i like i went into it kind of genuinely worried about the machine around her yeah and i i definitely left feeling a little bit like excited about the way that she's involved in things and that way that the things like all these things work around her mm-hmm. um i am again like worried about sort of the amount of stuff that she's doing and like the tour and like all of that. Yeah. And kind and curious to see like what's going to happen when she does have her moment of like, I'm no longer, I no longer want to play for this young audience. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. She doesn't believe it's going to happen, but like it's going to happen when she's like between the ages of 18 and 21. Like that's just what happens. Yes. <laughs> like genuinely, like even if you're not a pop star, you're like, I don't like, I'm not, I'm done with that kid stuff. Like I'm, I'm older now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, I guess what I'm thinking of is something like Ariana Grande or something where, mm-hmm. you, well, first, the two big transition periods of I'm a terrorist victim, <laughs> which I hope does not happen to Jojo Siwa, yeah. but then coming sure. out and, be, and being like, moving in strongly into a phase of being like, you know what? Men fucking suck, and I'm better than all of them. That's like Ariana's. That's Ariana's like transition, and that's like, like a very yeah. lucrative uh, commercial yeah. phase for her. It's yeah. done well. I actually put her is, in my notes. It is going to be like a big jump going from like my fan base is ten it's babies to like now I need my fan base to be like twenty two. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think hopefully she'll be smart about building up gradually. Like I think like obviously her next goal should be people her age listening to her and like at least kind of getting that. She's still which Justin Bieber did. Like he, I mean, he was going from his age to adults. Mm -hmm. Like when he, I forget whatever, like around the like journals era. Like I think that was when, or what what was the song? What do you mean? What do you mean? Oh yeah. I feel like that was the song that was was like, like his comeback, right? Yeah. yeah, Well, cause he was still playing for like nothing but screaming girls. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of brought him to an adult level of like adult men, like grown men being like, I fuck with this song. 
So if he can do it, it takes like one hit. Like she's already got so many views on her videos. I think people are already so intrigued by her. Like if she just releases one song, that's like a catchy pop song. That's even like semi ridiculous. Like even (laughs) if people like hate it, like, and they, but they kind of love it. Like it makes enough to just like become a top 10 hit. Like that's, yeah, it could be a novelty, but I mean, boomerang is a very young song yeah, yeah song. and i mean that was like her first one and that was like this stuff since is not much different but at least like yeah. I mean, it's basically was just like released for the tour right, right a lot of the stuff in the last six months have been just things that she's recorded so that she can go on tour yeah uh, and perform things do you, before we get off jojo oh i know you have one more thing to say well i just wanted to say that ariana grande's vogue cover story i found this quote incredibly interesting because i think it applies to a lot of female pop figures that we've been talking about where she says, I I like having my funny character that I play that feels like this exaggerated version of myself. It protects me, but I also love disrupting it for the sake of my fans and making it clear that I'm a person because that's something I enjoy fighting for. I can't help disrupt. I can't help but disrupt it. I'm incredibly impulsive and passionate and emotional and just reckless. The music is very personal and very real. But if you can be me for Halloween, if drag queens can dress up as me, then I'm a character. Uh, go to your local drag bar and you'll see it. That's like the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's better than winning a Grammy. Yeah. And I feel like Jojo Siwa is like kind of Ariana similar split. in that like she is mm-hmm. like a cartoon character. But she's never been... I feel like she's never had to make the distinction of like, this is who I am. Like, mm-hmm. she, this is... Uh, definitely like I think there must be some level of distance between what she's putting out and what she's hopefully yeah, yeah. harvesting I do I think it's very similar where it's sort of like this is exaggerated like I think there's like things that are her taste but like obviously like she probably likes colors like she's probably you know like she's whatever but like yeah she's like probably if she were a normal 16 year old like she'd be not wearing sequins all the time yeah. like I think she's definitely become the Halloween costume element like she's been the number gonna, one Halloween costume. Halloween. <laughs> yeah, like I think like Party City had said that she's like the number one Halloween costume every year. Does like, not surprise me. Years. Um, uh, yeah. I, just in terms of the, her youngness of songs, and I'll have one more question for you, Brittany. Mm-hmm. Just looking through her her number one plays on YouTube, it's like Boomerang, which we heard a little bit of, very kid-like, and then Kid in a Candy Store, mm-hmm. High Top Shoes. Great. Number one you, Bop, exclamation point. Uh, every girl's like these are very like kids songs yeah these are it's I mean it's like Nickelodeon commercial like it sounds like the type of songs that you would hear like in like a commercial between watching you know Hannah Montana or whatever like on yeah like it's like it's very product-y yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Um, jingle do you have one song to recommend to be like what is the sound of her current tour um, I mean, they all kind of sound the same. <laughs> all right, so again, the music is kind of. I mean, Boomerang is definitely like that's like the thesis of JoJo's sound. Yeah. Um, there was one song that I did actually really enjoy. Hold the drama. Hold, hold the drama. Hold the drama. All right, let's do a little hold the drama. Crazy, crazy, crazy when they serve you with drama. Sure. Yes. Yeah. It's like Kesha Jr. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You can take a picture if you'd like to, but you better be quick because I might move. Yeah, I'm living that life. That's what I do. I'm living that life. If they come and never y'all say no. Right. Oh, yeah. This is great. (laughs) Bring the chorus. She should have promoted it more. Yeah. Could have been a hit. Oh, yeah. This is great. Oh, yeah. This, this is, is baby Kesha. Yeah. <laughs> this is like oh, Kesha, this. but it's like brush your teeth with like full sugar soda instead of Jack Daniels. All right. That, that, 
that vocal modulation uh, breakdown at the end yeah. of the chorus. That was very good. Enjoy this. A yes, bop. sure. Wow. Yeah. Certified. <laughs> yeah. That's, that goes. That yes, goes. It goes. Whew. So does that wrap up JoJo for us? It does. I mean, not for the world, certainly. Not for the not world. by not by a long shot. But uh, we, we'll we check, can now transition. Yeah. We can go back in time twenty years. I will say yes. As we're making this transition, that I will violate my own uh, desire for clean audio, and we got to turn on the AC. Yeah. Here. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, this is my announcement to the, the fans. If there's a hum in the background, <laughs> I saw someone say they. I can't remember who it was. Someone on Twitter was like a podcast they listen to. For the Patreon, if you pay, they will record without AC. <laughs> like that, that's the like fan reward you get. Let's get into Smash Mouth. Yeah. Which I don't how much did it hurt your brain to at the same time you're talking to this like sixteen year old girl be also talking to like these guys are probably in their li- like late forties yeah. now. Uh what was that like? <laughs> um, I was broken. <laughs> it was like two months, so everything started in April. So both stories were pitched last year Mm -hmm. and it was just like a timing thing that made sense. And so it was like April for some reason, both started the first week of April. So it was like two, two months straight of just these two stories that I was really working on. Yeah. Um, And my editors received a lot of just insane texts and Slack messages for me all, all day, every day. Yeah. Just like constant <laughs> mode switching between yeah, like constant, like, like old rock guys. And like, yeah. I got, I got to go to a target for this girl to yell about <laughs> glitter at me for a while. And I think it was like very specifically listening to the combination of all star constantly. <laughs> yeah. And Jojo Siwa songs Honestly, and videos. Like it was maybe not that much of distance between them. And it was just like a lot for two. Yeah. Like it was like towards it was fine until like the end of May. Yeah. When I was just like, oh, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. But it was very fun. It was worth it. But like it was just would not recommend reporting just, out those two stories. Just waking up every day and as soon as your eyes open, just hearing, hey now. It was Somebody. like I could hear it everywhere. Like it was like I was like seeing JoJo everywhere. I was hearing All Star everywhere. I was like, this is too much. Uh, so did you did you pitch the Smash Mouth story or I did. was that okay? Yeah, because uh, you know we we love a good any sort of anniversary yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, situation. Somebody was gonna do it, so I'm glad it's you. Oh, okay. thank you. Uh, that was good. Yes. Uh, so yeah, Smash Mouth. All-Star. We all know Smash Mouth's All-Star. It is like, honestly, one of the biggest songs of all of our lifetimes, yeah. right? Yeah. So you tracked down all of the people involved and created a oral history of this. And I, I only got halfway through this before we had to start recording, but Molly did the whole thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm ready to be surprised by some of, the, yeah. some of this, but you know. Was there anyone who wouldn't speak with you or was everyone generally down? Um, Yeah, everyone spoke. The only person I didn't track down was the first drummer um kevin coleman but that's because he didn't record on all-star and yeah. i wanted to kind of keep it focused yeah, ah. yeah. um and so that was like one person i was like i'm gonna lose i was like i don't want to ask him about like not being in the band anymore <laughs> that's, before that's their dark. biggest song no, yeah that's super um, dark I, just also one, yeah. i do like the idea of the a, a, ref- a constant refrain through this long oral history of just cu- constantly cutting back to ke- it's like kevin yeah i wasn't on that one and yeah then, like, <laughs> lines later being like no i I still didn't play on that one. <laughs> but yeah, everyone, everyone was down. Um, I like, I went into it knowing that I wanted it to be as much about the song and the band as, as it is the memes and sort of everything that came after. Yeah. So I think that was like really crucial. And I'm glad that I was able to get a lot of the YouTubers and people involved. So, uh, well, Molly, I'm as always, you can lead the discussion on this cause I'm sure you have the, the notes, but I have like one Please. initial, initial take yes. yeah. from that, at least the first part of it. Cause I basically got through like the, all the recording and release stuff. Yeah. 
um, which is that the Smash Mouth guys, other than Harwell, yeah, weirdly and surprisingly, come off as very credible musicians, musicians. Yeah, that have like a lot of integrity and care deeply about their sound and what they were doing, and were extremely good at their job. Like Smash, like All Star was not an accident. Yeah, like they they had something to prove. Like they, you know, Walking in the Sun came first and was really big for them and a big surprise for them that it became so big and yeah. got them signed to a major label. Like it was, you know, it was a big deal for them to have this big hit, but because it was such a already a novelty sound to it and it was so different than everything else they had done. Um, Cause on their first album, it was like much more hardcore and like, you know, like ska punk and walking on the sun is kind I, of like the 60s surf pop. Yeah. I do yeah. want to spend a little time with these songs because a, I like them and uh, <laughs> Fushu Mang. Smash Mouth's first album was yeah. among my first uh, albums that I ever bought. And before I read this article, I've, I'd made this claim before, and I feel like I'm backed up by it, that if All Star had never happened, Smash Mouth would be remembered for this song as yeah. probably the best and like only legitimately good thing to come out of like the late 90s swing revival. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like, this song is a legit what, you don't You don't fuck with Brian Setzer Orchestra? Or the Cherry Pop and Daddies or the Squirrel Nut Zippers? Come on. I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but Cherry Pop and Daddies, worst band name in history. Oh, Absolutely it's, it's quite vile. bad. It's bad. No, and the, what's I weird can't believe we let them is do that, that. I, like, I definitely, like, said that those words when I was, like, a seven-year-old yeah. or yeah. something. Because I think they no must idea. have been on the Now... I was all about the now compilation. They were on the very first now compilation. Uh, there you go. Ooh, yeah. So like I was speaking those words with with my lips and like <laughs> I don't need, thank God I guess my parents never heard but yeah. like I I didn't know what that meant and now I'm like Yikes. Really? I mean, been... JoJo Siwa content seems yeah. pure, very pure in Their name should have been an FCC violation. <laughs> <laughs> or you're, you're pro like Tipper Gore. Yes. Uh, in only this one instance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you gotta draw a line somewhere. Anyway, this song, a bop. Yep. Uh, very good. A very good vibes. Excellent, excellent vibes. Uh, and like good musicianship. So then, but I want to, to the point about like how the first album was like an anomaly and they had something to prove. I want to skip to the very next song on this album to just like kind of give you a sense of like what the rest of the album's actually like. <laughs> All these songs to me on this album besides the first one sound like um, interstitial music that you would put in like a late 90s uh, teen movie yes. where you're showing like a campus, an LA high school campus full of people throwing frisbees yes. and like beating <laughs> each other up and then like you see Julia Stiles or whoever. Like this sounds like that. This is like what's playing when like the like cool guy walks in. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like who is he? But this is like you know very different vibe from walking on the yeah, sun. Yeah, it's yes. like imagine like loving walking on the sun on the radio and like you're like oh I wonder what this band has got going on like this, this cool this like album. retro lounge space like, age oh. band. <laughs> And you don't you didn't go to FYE or, you know, Virgin Megastore and yeah. do the sampling of the CDs, <laughs> which was basically the only thing I did, like yeah. in the mall between, you know, nineteen ninety nine <laughs> and two thousand seven. Uh yeah, no, this that's that's some intense yes. <laughs> ska yeah. punk. Yes. Ska thrash punk. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. I don't know what you call it. It's the San Jose sound. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they're coming from a different place. I liked that. I think the, to me, the hero of this piece was Greg camp who wrote, yeah. uh, wrote all star, mm -hmm. um, and had written walking on the sun where they were basically just like, you 
this was a pop hit. You wrote it. Mm-hmm. Write the more album. things. Yeah, write yeah. the album. And he did. So, um, so what's Greg like? Greg's super sweet. Yeah, he's like very... Um, I think he's had a very complicated relationship with the song. I think now he's a lot more settled with it, but he's had a complicated relationship with the song and Steve Harwell and the singer Steve Harwell. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, they all came from really different backgrounds, which I didn't really know before is that the band was formed because Steve Harwell and his man, like he was leaving behind like rap metal or something. <laughs> yeah. He was like uh, a proto. As we all have yeah. to at some point. <laughs> and he was leaving that behind. He wanted to start a band and then he gathered, um, like like Greg and Paul and they were both in cover bands and like performing different things. And then they just all were coming from such different backgrounds. And I think they realized that like Greg had this incredible talent and could make a super great pop hit. And yeah, he was, he was very smart. He like got into a lot of the technical stuff with me. And um, I think he's like very chill now about it, but I think he's very like, he's very like anti everything that, the song represents and became. Yeah. yeah. And it was made for a very specific purpose, which was like this like person who felt like they were super disenfranchised from things, like felt like they like needed to find their community and where they belonged. And yeah. like now the song is like super popular and everyone loves it. It became like a sports anthem. And he's like, it was not for the jocks. And like, he yeah, just like didn't No, the way he yeah. talked about, uh, he, there's a little anecdote in here about how they would on tour for the first album, like do their laundry and read fan mail. Yeah. And all their fan mail, it's like such a super specific vibe, but all their fan mail would be from people being like, yeah, I'm not like really a punk or like a pop person or like, I don't really have any labels and music, but I really like yours. (laughs) So, but people keep beating me up. So, I mean, thank you for making like good music style music. (laughs) That's good. Good normal music. Yes, A a, a good one song normal style, please. And And a super encouraging thing to get. And yeah. so they made a song for those people. <laughs> yeah. And that is what Smash, what All Star is. It's like, I mean, you could say it was like Sky influences in a retro yeah. style, but it is like one normal style rock song for <laughs> all people everywhere. But like at a time, it was kind of divorced from genre, like rock yeah. subgenres. Like, and I think that, I guess, I'm assuming that was basically the trend of the late 90s in general was like post grunge, like what is rock music? Yes. And it's like this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think they, like basically went into Astro Lounge wanting to make something that was radio friendly. Like they didn't, I think they were divorcing themselves completely from any idea of like scene or any sort of belonging to anything. Like they were just like, okay, we're a rock band. We know what works. We know how Walking Out of the Sun sounded. Like we just, we just got to like make something that can click with people. Yeah. I was speaking of that, that their manager, Robert Hayes, this was this entry in the oral history really tickled me. Uh, So he said, one night I sat Greg down, um, opened a billboard magazine and said, dude, let's just go through this. I want a little piece of each one of these songs. Uh, The top 50 at this time was Smash Mouth, Sugar Ray, Third Eye Blind, Vertical Horizon, Bare Naked Ladies, Marcy Playground, (laughs) Chumbawamba. Um, but all Greg the, left. All the best. All the best. <laughs> the best of the best. Molly, can we take a diversion quickly? Yes. Were we in that cab once with a bunch of friends? And <laughs> <laughs> the cab driver spoke with us almost in a near monologue for like seven to ten minutes of just being like talking about like his hopes and dreams. Like he was in pharmacy school. Like he was really like he's working hard, like hoping to really make something of himself. And then he's like, you guys, you know what? And we have been basically we're said silence. zero words because we're just <laughs> absorbing. He's like, guys, you know what? Like, I feel really like comfortable around you. And I want to tell you, like, I just want to show, can I play this song that I just feel like has really meant something to me? Like really like says like where I am right now in life. And we were all like, 
yeah, of course we can. And he played Vertical Horizon, She's Everything You Want. Is that what the song is called? Yes. She's Everything You Want. Yeah, yeah. this. And he was like, this song, this is just me. And proceeded to blast everything you want for for us. And then when the song was over, turned it, put it back on again. I would like to play this again. Dream cab ride. It was amazing. (laughs) It was amazing. I really do feel like he was sharing something very raw and intimate. (laughs) Honestly. To the to the five of us in his big cab, who I don't think said anything more than, "Yeah, man, yeah, sure, <laughs> yeah, it is like that, yeah." The entire time. Anyway, just the mention of Vertical Horizon had that uh, that, yeah. that Madeline-like uh, <laughs> sense memory. I make my next real history. Yeah. This guy's connection. Oh my god, <laughs> I would I would like to know like what's up with Vertical Horizon. Yeah. Everything you want. Just had to get to the course. Oh my god! Oh god, just there's something about '90s choruses. Oh yeah, that is like the peak. Just like they just don't do choruses like this. I just love when someone sounds like they're just frowning while playing guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's just so good. That is, that is the tone of of '90s like pop guitar. All right, anyway, that's so the upset. that's our the everything you want. Yeah, uh, everything you want, uh, cabbie guy. I, I hope I hope you found everything. I, ho- you I want. hope he I hope you graduated from pharmacy school. Yes. Um. So yeah, he. He uh, told uh, he was showing all this stuff to Greg Camp. Uh, two days later, Greg walks in my office with a cassette tape. I popped it in, and there was All Star on this cassette. I looked, I stopped, and I looked at him. He goes, "What? You don't like it?" And I said, "Are you friggin' kidding me? This is a smash." Hey, are you friggin' kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> so like he, I just he literally he saw the rock landscape, and he yeah. sort of like mulched it and came up with like the best of every possible world. And it's funny because the band, other than maybe Steve, like everyone really liked Then the Morning Comes way mm-hmm. more because it was like All Star and Then the Morning Comes, which Then yeah, the Morning Comes sense. also a hit. Yeah. Like those were the two songs written when they needed to make the lead single. Yeah. And like everyone was just like thought that Then the Morning Comes would be a bigger hit than All Star. <laughs> it is just which a, is also crazy. a great song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they like delivered the album to Interscope mm-hmm. without either of those songs on it, yeah. and Interscope was like, "We don't accept this." There's not a hit on this, and then to, which is a peak '90s rock story. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah, and there's no single. Where's the single? Yeah. To their immense credit, he just went back and was like, "Okay, I need to generate a hit," and then wrote two hit songs, including one of the most iconic songs of the last thirty years. Yeah, he I'm did just, it in, like, like less than a week. Sitting down and being like, "What is a hit song?" Here is a hit song. That, yeah. I mean that that is amazing because I, I could never like I could I could imagine my wildest dreams like writing an album's worth of songs, but I yeah. could not like imagine being like the only way I could conceive of that is being like I'm gonna come up with songs and see what works. Write a song that people care about for twenty years. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in, yes. in less than a week. In, right. in like a mo- an incredibly bizarre way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> insane oh and then the other thing about this era is that i will say that greg camp throughout all the all of this is like yeah i mean i was just trying to write good songs i knew that the band really needed this and like we had all this energy in us at this time and all of uh hardwell the singer steve hardwell's quotes are like i'm the only person in the universe who could have sang that song i love literally any other person (laughs) 
would have sound like shit if it wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am the, the the voice of the like. He he almost sounds like Trump in some of his his quotes of being he, like, I had the most spectacular voice, the most I wonderful voice. I could have pitched that song to a million bands and they would have tried to do it, and it would have never been what it is. Yeah. He like really. I mean, every single quote. I I just remember like being on the phone with him and like every single thing he said. I was like, God, I'm gonna have to include all yes. this. <laughs> like, it was like all very good, and him comparing the song to Stairway to Heaven was just like. Yeah, yeah. it was so good. Like I was like, my, I was like, we could just end the interview now. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. Like, and him and Greg like having like they have like it was like I didn't do the interviews with them obviously like, at the same time, and yeah. so it was just like them just like going back and forth about each other a ton. And I was like, you guys are just like writing this for me. Like this is so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the song comes out uh, and it immediately hits number four, and it's basically the it's we're the, number four. We're yeah. number four. But then. It, <laughs> The, the licensing is what also like continues to propel it. And this I, is what I w- found interesting. I mean, I guess is the link between these two stories is that they're both extreme like licensing and merchandising yeah. victories. Yes. Uh, yeah. the, their manager said he, he licensed the crap out of the song. So the Shrek <laughs> stuff, we've, got, we've obviously got to talk about yeah, the, Shrek. The whole, yeah. the whole section, section five, Shrek. Shrek. <laughs> yes. So, Shrek is love, Shrek is life. And yeah. this is where I, I had actually no idea how placement of songs in movies generally worked. Like yeah. I was surprised to hear that they DreamWorks reached out to Smash Mouth being like, we want to use All Star and then maybe you could also cover uh, I'm a Believer. Mm-hmm. And they were originally like, I just like the way that Shrek was pitched because it was, um, uh, hey, hey, Robert, Robert, uh, the manager, before you put out your album, I would like you to consider doing a song for this animated movie that we're doing. It's got a big green ogre in it, and it's going to be a smash. It's called Shrek. <laughs> like, what pitching Shrek must have made people feel well, the story somewhat of Shrek psychotic. is also interesting because it was yeah. a movie that had been in development for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they were originally going to do it with uh, it was like a decade, wasn't yeah, it? with like Chris Farley. It was a Chris Farley oh, vehicle. Yeah. He was going to be Shrek, mm-hmm. and then he died, and then they had to shelve it for years. And then like the original director like got pushed out, mm-hmm. and like new directors, and it like basically was made by committee, and it yeah. was this new company, DreamWorks, that was their first big four way. And, and it was and, like the guy who created DreamWorks had left Disney very dramatically, yeah. so it was like it was like a big deal, and also the first of its kind to be this like children's movie that didn't use solely original music. Yeah. Right, right. It was like weird that there's like pop, pop songs yeah. in yeah, yeah. it. Which, of course, to me as a child, I was like, no, this, this is, is what this movies is are. What yeah. movies are. What's the difference? So they, they were being pitched very hard by DreamWorks and they kind of kept saying no. They wanted to see the movie. Mm-hmm. Once they saw the movie, like they were into it, but they didn't want it to overshadow their record coming out. Mm. And then so this is, this is just absolutely my favorite detail of this entire thing is that uh, it's their eventual commitment to Shrek was 9-11 related. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> because do love a they had a song here. called Pacific Coast Party, which they were going to release. And then right after 9-11, they were like, it's actually kind of a bad look to have a song about how great it is on the West Coast when the East Coast is uh, in flames. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, from <laughs> there, they were kind of like, branding. well, we're free, so like, let's do the Shrek thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they reopened the the move. They were like, I guess it had basically like they had wrapped it and they're like, no, we want in. Yeah. Which I'm sure that was really fun oh for like God. all the animators. Nine, 9-11, 9/11 <laughs> caused all-star Shrek. I truly was not expecting 9-11 to be included in the oral history. You never expect 9-11 it, it just, in these stories. Yeah. And the other the other thing that's not in the oral history, but I know that um, I think The Ringer had done a piece where they had talked a lot about this, was the, Eric Valentine, the producer, 
um, was working on actually an original song that was supposed to go in place of All Star mm-hmm. with this singer. Like they had recorded it, they had done multiple versions of it. Like they it probably was, animated Shrek's mouth to it. I think that is yeah. the other thing is that they had to constantly reanimate Shrek's mouth because like yeah. halfway or like two thirds or three quarters of the way through the recording process, Mike Myers came in and was like, "Actually, I'm going to do this whole thing in a Scottish accent," <laughs> and then they like had to reanimate like almost the entirety of Shrek. They had like mood, like they like did a lot of different like mood versions. Like they had done everything and they had always done all-star as a placeholder, but they had this completely original song that Eric Valentine who produced all-star and um, you know, he had done Fushi Ming and Astro Lounge and they just had to scrap this song that this guy had been working on. I don't oh remember his name. Right? Like, I don't think he did much else after, but like he, oh, no. oh, <laughs> this God. song was Career ruined. completely Broken. scrapped and they were just like, we're going to go with all star. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. He- hearing about the like reiteration process where they were kind of figuring out like who Shrek was and <laughs> yeah. settled on like, no, he's like comfortable being like a loner yeah. and how that works perfectly with the theme of all star of like, you're, you're the best loser alive. Yes. Like you're the best <laughs> loser you could possibly be. Like, yeah, that makes sense. It, that's that's Shrek, man. I but mean, oh man, while we're dwelling on Shrek and, and bringing up all this stuff, <laughs> listen, we don't get to do that a lot. Like on the, this podcast, the, the psychic, even the, the influence of like the psychic drama of nine uh, eleven coming in. I wonder if part of the reason why Shrek is such an enduring, like goofy image in culture is because it seems like it was such a mess to produce. Like there is that there is some like deep underlying weirdness to it. Wh- yeah. Whether like it comes out as like a professional product that clearly succeeded in all its goals, which is like entertaining people and making money. But there is like some, there are, is so much like manipulation behind the scenes to like make this thing happen. That I think that that is part of the reason that it like, there's a, a weirdness, a, str- a oh, deep yeah. strangeness to, to the property Shrek and to the first Shrek movie that I think is, makes it pop culturally indelible. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, that's, that's my <laughs> that, Shrek thought. That was like the movie that was always like, I, I don't know if my school just owned one movie, but anytime like there was a sub, there wasn't a sub and they couldn't fit, find anyone to like sub for a class. It Kids, would always just be Shrek. You're getting Shrek. <laughs> Shrek and Cool Runnings. Like actually that, those were the two movies. The that only I think two the films. school. Not bad. Yeah. The two, mo- the two movies ever <laughs> that have is, ever existed. Um, that wouldn't be such a bad world, I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you touched on this before, but like, Closer to the end, the idea of like Greg Camp versus Steve Harwell of just the way they reacted to the mega fame because All-Star had its initial hit. It got a resurgence two years later with Shrek and then it was memed with the rise of like repeatable uh, music platforms like YouTube. And it seems like Camp does not feel comfortable with the memeing. And like, yeah. but also Steve Harwell seems to have a love hate relationship with it as well. I think they just like didn't know if it was just mean, yeah. spirited. Like they didn't know if it was like ironic. They didn't know if people like genuinely liked the song. Like I think because the song was so popular, they didn't really continue to take off after it. Right. Um. Like after Shrek, like everything kind of you know. When was Smash Mouth? Just like Rat didn't, Race. Rat Race was in 99. That was one of the first films that they licensed okay. it to. So it, or no, it was 2001 too, I think actually. It was like around the same time as either Shrek or Astro yeah, Lounge. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like... But that, that's yeah, like that between, early, after 2001, they, it, there's nothing, they really go nowhere. They, you know, they continued to tour. The band was kind of like breaking up a little bit. Like Greg left, um, Paul left briefly. Like everyone was like leaving at different points. So nothing really happened after that. So I think like the fact that you know, 10 years after the song was released, Mm -hmm. it's back, but it's like the one big hit is back. Like they obviously, you know, wanted to be something else. Like they wanted to be more than that. And 
they couldn't tell if people liked the song or not. Like they just like couldn't tell if they were a joke. Like they couldn't tell if people hated it. Like, and I think there was a lot of it was like, you know, Steve was becoming like part of weird Twitter. Like he was, yes, the egg, yes, the egg thing. There was, you know, a lot of stuff where he couldn't tell if he was being made fun of or not. And yeah. does he, he was, run the smash mouth account? He does. Yeah. Right? He runs it. Um, yeah, I think it's just him. I don't think any of the other guys, cause Greg's like not really in the band. So I think it's just Steve and like the manager. Um, do you, either of you guys remember the actual contours of the eggs things? I just remember the joke no, was that it was, Steve will eat 50 eggs. Yeah, I think it was it was started by John Hunter. I was going to maybe interview uh, him yes, for fart? the story yes. as well. It was okay, like great. a lot of, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how many more memes I can get into. Um, and basically he like created a challenge and I think maybe like a change.org petition where he was like, I want Steve Harwell to eat this many eggs and he got him to eat the eggs. He ate the eggs. Honestly, yeah. champ, he ate the eggs. He, he, he submitted to it. Yeah. Um, I appreciate what a difficult position that puts you in. Not just as like somebody who's older who may not like get the cultural association of like what a meme is, but yeah. it is like it is that it puts the actual property. It's beyond good and evil. Mm-hmm. It, it, it right. doesn't it, like the, the idea of like hate or love is obliterated into some kind of transcendent emotion of ubiquity. Yes. I, I can't even say for myself if I love or hate. All-Star, though, yeah. though I will very uh, quickly admittedly say it is a great, well-crafted song. It's just the song. It's just... It's just known. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it was because it, there was already two lives for the song. There was when it was like that song that was everywhere that became kind of annoying because it like was everywhere. For like three years. Yeah. yeah. And then it was it became the Shrek song. And then mm-hmm. that kind of... For them, they lost a little bit of that ownership over the song because suddenly it was associated with something that was even bigger and like yeah. already like still like really famous and kind of reaching different audiences than even they could. Yeah. And so it's like, you have those already two lives and they also are older. They weren't probably, you know, yeah. on YouTube and like on Vine right. and like on Twitter that way. And so it's like, all of a sudden you see people like tweeting at you, like here's this weird video that someone made. Here are weird videos of like Shrek still. Like there's like, yes. but, like it's like, yeah. What do you do with that? When you're like, you know, a rock star yeah, like, from the nineties, yes, who's exactly. like not, super well-versed in how memes work and right. know that. And so that, no, that's like a totally foreign yeah. language. I would completely understand it being like, are people, do people hate me or do they like it? And yeah. the answer, there's just a certain like echelon of like meme language that it's truly stuff that everyone who currently uses the internet a lot knows. Yes. Mm-hmm. And all stars just like one of those things for some reason that William Carlos Williams, like this is just to say poem is another one of those things. Yes. And I guess it's because everyone was taught that in like English <laughs> class in ninth grade. I yeah. don't know, but it's, really yeah. I feel like Will, William Carlos Williams would understand that more than maybe the smash mouth guy. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, yeah poems are like, memes. Yeah, this is just like how language it develops. It changes. <laughs> <laughs> language is what? They mind virus that we share with each other. Um, also, the proliferation of like parody versions of All Star mm-hmm. because uh, guitar rock uh, rock band made the stems available mm-hmm. is another know, that thing was really wild that blew my mind. Damn. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, that seems obvious in retrospect, but yes, the yeah. stems. Got to get those sweet stems. Yeah. <laughs> That's another way to meme things is There's, to have the raw materials yeah. available. There's just like so many layers to how internet culture has worked in those different years. Like, cause it was moving. So, I mean, like obviously it still is moving so fast, yeah. but like, especially around 2009 to like 2013, like things were just like, everything was a first time for it. And so yes. it's just like so wacky to hear from everyone. Like they're like, well, it's like, 
it was the rock band stems or like I was just like thinking of nostalgic songs that I liked and decided to put it to my like gamer yeah, video I mean, YouTube stuff. Just just in case any listeners don't know this, stems would refer to the individual full recorded part of any one track of something. So for or for something like All Star in the end, there are probably like 40 stems for mm-hmm. that. Just how many different yeah. tracks if you include like, I don't know, the fucking uh, turntable things, but you know, like <laughs> the isolated bass track, the yeah. isolated drum track, the isolated rhythm guitar, the isolated lead guitar. Those Thank all the, you. The Thank stems. you, audio, Chris. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. You just can't throw throw around terms. You just you throw <laughs> jargon everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's... And so it kind of ends with the, the reference to Stairway to Heaven is just like yeah. this... Uh, this song that and and also the future of Smash Mouth because they are both together but not like yeah so Schrodinger's mouth <laughs> <laughs> Greg technically left the band he doesn't tour with them as frequently um, he's a dad like he's like doesn't want like you know go on tour for f- long periods of time I also think there's a part he didn't say this but I think there's part of him that doesn't want to perform yep <laughs> um, where Steve kind of like eats that up and like he loves it but the thing is that, so Steve wants to do new things. Like he wants to expand the definition of Smash Mouth and like yes. make songs that are super new. And Greg, who is still technically associated with the band and like writes with them still, wants to make songs that are similar to Astro Lounge era yeah. and like make songs that are like All Star and yeah. just kind of see what happens there. So there's a huge division between Steve and Greg right now where it's like, Steve, he sees the chain smokers cover them and he wants to be like the chain smokers. He's like tweeting at Lil Nas X and being like, Give me on the. Yeah. Like he like wants to move with, I think, you know, I can see both sides of what they want. Sure. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Now I'm just remembering when Solange dropped out of Coachella, didn't Smash Mouth tweet and say, like, we like, we'll take her spot. Yeah. Like, that, that is like that. that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but would Greg have played with them if that had happened? Probably for something like that. Yeah. 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 He doesn't yeah. like go on the tour. Like he's not like doing like the kind of like summer. Yeah. Hey, look, yeah. I got to hear the Smash Mouth original lineup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, you're a pure, I'm an Smash Mouth purist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but although, honestly, after reading this, I'm like, look, you got to have if, if it's real Smash Mouth, you got to have Greg. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think there's kind of that. I they neither of them know what to do with the band now. And I think especially since all stars just continued to be super famous, like now they're especially in flux right now. Yeah. This might've been answered in the part of the article that I read. Are they still making money off this thing? Yeah. They're 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 like purely rich off of like one. I mean, they have a few great songs and two fairly big albums Mm -hmm. from the nineties, but I'm sure it's like mostly just smash mouth money or all star money. Like (laughs) obviously like the memes, I think that's probably another issue that they have like legally with like a lot of the memes and kind of content behind it. But I mean, it's still being licensed. Like it's still around some radio. It's being streamed. Like it's the streaming numbers for it are really insane. Like I think it's like, and I think Robert Hayes even said at the manager, like they are one of the biggest, like most streamed bands from their era. Like it's like, all Star Alone is being heavily, heavily streamed. Um, I think they still make money off of Shrek and off of DreamWorks. Sure. Like, DreamWorks just um, reissued the soundtrack. It's going to be available on vinyl now. Like, I think, like, they're still, like, oh getting money. Oh, my God. Um, insane. Vinyl and because Shrek they, like, soundtrack. and I think, like, they they kind of, like, hinted at the idea that for Shrek 5, like, whatever, I think that's the oh next one. Oh, my God, one. there was still another Shrek? I think they're still making another one, and I think they're going to be involved in that in some capacity. I'm sure they're going to use All Star once more. Great. Um, is this the? Yeah. Is this Chainsmokers? Chainsmokers. Some, yeah. They so Chainsmokers did a live mashup. 
of it. And Steve loves that. He loves that more than the memes. He loves people covering the song, which I mean, you know, another form of respect for it. And yeah. so I think that they, he loved seeing a band that has like a number one hit single that's like big now cover like all star. weirdly yeah. makes sense. Oh, I mean, that's like the big thing that they, a lot of people mention. I mean, like Neil Cicere, Cicere, I can't Cicera, yeah, yeah. that YouTuber. He's great, by the way. <laughs> yeah, and um, he had done the Mouth Sounds mixtapes, which is why the Rock Band Stems, um, he was the one that had told me about the Rock Band Stems. And John Sudano, who does the cover videos where he like sings All Star to the tune of like Imagine by John Lennon or like Bring Me to Life by Evanescence, which is the best one, and <laughs> Smells Like Teen Spirit and like, Basically, and Greg even said this, like the song can just like, it's at the right tempo where it can just be mashed up with anything. Like you can sing mm-hmm. it over literally anything. Yeah. Which is like, and there was, and the reason why I pitched the article actually is because there was a thank you next uh, mashup. Oh my God. And it was thank you Shrek and it was all star <laughs> it- with thank you next. Is, it, is this the, the right one? Yeah. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool. This is like the key of C. Like it's just like a very like mutable key. It's also just like Steve's voice is already like the most accessible voice to mimic in any capacity. The rhyme scheme is very like blocky and and fungible. You can put it. Yeah, I think the Imagine one is the one that made him famous. This one is perfect. You'll never shine if you don't glow. <laughs> anyway, these are these are all great. <laughs> oh my god! Oh. So All Star, the Eternal Song, will yeah. it ever stop being a the thing? One song? No. I mean, I don't know if you can be a song that has been this consistently had a place in pop culture for twenty years and and not really guarantee yourself a place in the like American songbook, right? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the mixture of the song itself is there's like a lot of nostalgia attached to it. I think like people, particularly like around our age, like we're just listening. Like that's just a song that we grew up with. Like we're not going to stop listening to that. And that kind of carries over plus Shrek children's movies. They create new audiences constantly. Yes. And like, you know, there are kids who are, you know, listening to Jojo Siwa, who are watching Shrek for the first time, also. Cause I mean, literally directly, because like, all the this Shrek, uh, this All Star shit is all over YouTube, and yeah. Jojo Siwa is accessible through YouTube, and it's like you can see a one to one thing where, if like you have the a few of the similar clicks, that your next recommended video after a Jojo Siwa video is mm-hmm. like some All Star. But she'll cover All Star. Always a new She should cover All Star. That would honestly be a great move for Jojo. That would be really dope. Yeah. Let's get that. Let's get that. Let's Steve get that Harwell. <laughs> I'll call up Steve right now. <laughs> Harwell X Siwa. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, they, and honestly, that given Siwa's big brand, mm-hmm. that it, it seems like it would be a great move for. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, and there's like there's just like so many different ports through which people can discover All Star. Like it's just there's no way of stopping it. Like it's not like it's like the song exists on its own. Like it's just it exists through yeah. film and through the internet, and like it's just there's no way to escape it. Yeah, yeah. and it's one. I mean. You can't even compare it to like other things like to- like Toto Africa, which had a phase and then died down, and yeah. then like had like 
20 years of dormant period and mm-hmm. it is now like a huge meme song again Yeah, mm-hmm. because this has been basically consistently popular the in, its entire way. And it's know. like, there's, there's almost nothing to compare it to. It's a it's, very singular song. It's the younger fan thing too. It's like, it's creating nostalgia for kids every single day. Like it's like those kids that are watching Shrek who like suddenly become obsessed with it now are like, when they're our age, are gonna be like, I remember when I really loved Shrek. I had like a Shrek period, and like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, like All Star still brings back those memories. Like, yeah, or like if you were really into watching All Star memes in like 2014 or yeah. something, and you're like now already being like, remember five years ago when All Star was a big thing? Because five years can, ago on the internet is like, yeah, you know, 15 years yeah. ago or 20 years. But ago. But you can basically always for the last 20 years say, remember five years ago when All Star was a big thing. <laughs> Like, remember that one really funny video like that happened yeah. a few years ago? <laughs> right. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway. crazy. Let's t- take this uh, out on listening to just the, the classic. The OG. Yeah. The OG. If you can stand it for one more time. I, I are you it. good for yeah. a while? Like, are you just I, like. I had a minute where when it, the article was released and I was like, okay, like I, maybe I won't listen to it on purpose, but I like I put it on sometimes still because I, yeah. I do really like the song. Yeah. I think it's a good song. All yeah. right. Let's let's listen to that. That's uh, the thing. Do we know anyone who hates this song? There, I guess there must I know be some somebody. Yeah. yeah. Again, uh, to bring back an, an older reference for me, I think you just have to go through the five stages and come to acceptance. It's, you, you, you actually <laughs> hate All Star. You're not going to do yourself any favors yeah. hating the song. You just got to learn, learn. learn that it's just part of the fabric of how society. I learned to stop worrying and, and love, love all star. That says like you know that's like saying you hate the color red. You're not going to be able to avoid it. Or <laughs> it's something. everywhere. It's everywhere. It's 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 uh, American as apple pie. It's <laughs> worldwide as water or air. <laughs> uh, and w- worldwide as water. <laughs> You know the uh, global warming references. We can't, of course, ignore. Yeah. Yes. That uh, which and the accidental references by Greg Camp to global <laughs> yeah. warming. Uh, Still relevant. Impression. Anyway, let's 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 hold out for that excellent Harwell vocal drop and. Somebody once told me the oh. world is gonna Brittany, thank you for joining us for these two uh, excellent thank stories. Thank you for writing these. Thank you for sharing these stories with the world. Thank you for bringing world. up my late spring trauma. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been trying to book this for a second uh, because both of these have been, we're, we knew we would be excellent fodder for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this has been a great discussion. Is there anything that you would like to plug other than the two pieces that we're already plugging for you? Um, read those pieces. How's yeah. it going at Rolling Stone? You working things on anything? Can you I'm give us any exclusives? Um, I may be doing another oral history this fall because now it's my thing. Oh my God. <laughs> Do one of a, of a like big viral song? It'll be or? another 99 song. Okay, good. I'm between two right now, oh but I think they're both November, but yeah. So. Okay, well, we'll ask for those off the uh, off the air. Yeah. Someone is. De- I hope someone somewhere has started a 1999 in music podcast because 1999 is just the craziest year for 99 for every 99 movies, 99 music. Mm-hmm. It's an insane... Time. I don't know about 99 in literature, but I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know. Off the top of my head, I got oh, nothing. What, wasn't Harry Potter? Ooh. Oh. Harry Potter was 99, wasn't it? Holy 99 shit. is such a pop cultural yeah. ne- nexus. Yeah. Uh, it, there might be 90s. a podcast that's just like the 99 show or, or something. I, I bet that yeah. exists. Uh, if you host the 99 show, uh, get get in touch with us. We'll do a crossover episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, you are on Twitter, oh, hey, Brit- yeah. at oh, hey, Brittany, right? Yeah. Well, follow Brittany on Twitter at Oh Hey Brittany. Apparently, or uh, uh, every once in a while, uh, you will find uh, real life pop stars uh, retweeting <laughs> her, 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 her mentions. It's 
Uh, it's great and delightful, <laughs> and you get to see all our pieces. Uh, Molly, and Smash Mouth follows me. So good enough. Oh Smash my God, you got that Smash Mouth good follow. Eat the you, eggs. Have Eat you been getting eggs. Smash Mouth faves? Probably on when you For, shared yeah. the all of my my tweets about them. They were very excited. That's that's just yeah. that's a great social strategy, honestly. Yeah. Like that yeah. engagement. Um, we love it. We plugged all your shit on the last episode. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't got new shit. Um, <laughs> I'm probably already on tour somewhere uh, when this comes out. But anyway, follow us at and at on Twitter at and intro pod. Send us an email at andintroducingpod at gmail.com. Our SoundCloud is as always at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod. And remember to subscribe to us on iTunes mm-hmm. and while you're there, leave a comment. Uh, but only uh, if you have the shape of an L on your forehead. Yeah. Uh, only positive vibes in the uh, review pages. Hey, now. You're an all-star. Give us five stars. Okay? Okay. Hey. And until next time, <laughs> it'll be another two weeks for another story of music and literature and all that good stuff here on And Introducing. Hey, now. You're an all-star. Nice. <laughs> play. Hey, now. You're a rock star. Get the show on. Now, now I want an EDM for like people must have done like oh. with drops and stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll pull that up after this is plays out so we have the whole outro. It's like the, the weird like little inverted chords on the power chords yeah. are so good. Yeah, and the, the drum like stuff was little... also really interesting where they were like, we just like used a bunch of samples. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say what the samples are. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't say what the samples are. It's like, a nice song. Some like, like random jazz drummer yeah. is going to come out yeah, um, yeah. and be like, um, I need at least like $5 million. <laughs> <laughs>